Welcome back to Ghostbusters Minute. Ghostbusters Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and recaps the classic 1984 film Ghostbusters. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And we're here today to bring you minute number 23 of Ghostbusters. Brady, how are you doing today? Doing good. How about you? I'm doing pretty fantastic, and I am ready to chronicle Ghostbusters minute by minute. This is um this is going to be a pretty fun episode, actually. There's a lot to talk about here. Yeah. So uh, if you're ready to get into it, we can go ahead and jump in. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so in the previous minute, Dana has just described her paranormal experience to the Ghostbusters. Egon has told Peter that Dana is telling the truth, or at least she thinks she is. At minute number 23, Dana says, and I'm sorry, I have to stop real quick and just tell you, I've been pronouncing the name Dana. And I apologize. Yeah, I've gone back and listened. That's all right. Then. Yeah, well, from now on, it's Dana Barrett. And uh, folks, I apologize for that confusion. Dana, not Dana. At 23 minutes, Dana says that she is telling the truth and asks who would make up a story like that. At 23.07, Peter Vankman tells Dana that some people who report the paranormal are just people who want attention and that some are just nutballs who come in off the street. At 23.11, Ray says that it could be past life experience intruding on present time. Egon states that it could be a past memory stored in the collective unconscious and that he wouldn't rule out clairvoyance or telepathy either. Dana says that she doesn't believe in any of these things. At 23.24, Vankman jumps to her side saying that, well, he doesn't believe them either. Vankman, behind Dana, Dana, Tells her that there are some standard operating procedure investigations they have to do on cases like this one. At 23.33, Ray tells him that he could go down to the Hall of Records and check on the history of the building and see if there's any record of psychic turbulence. At 23.40, Vankman nods in approval. Egon states that he could look up the name Zool in the usual literature and name Spate's catalog and Tobin's spirit guide his horses. At 23.45, Vankman says that he will take Barrett back to her apartment and check her out. Uh, check out the apartment, he means. At 23.55, Dana reluctantly agrees and thus ends minute number 23 of ghostbusters so we get a little bit of what they possibly do when they hear about a case in this scene they have to do a lot of research ahead of time apparently which we don't see later in the movie when the when slimer is busy causing a lot of trouble at the sedgwick hotel they just kind of take off and go bust him as if he were a fire or something like that but in a case like this i guess the ray needs to go down and check out the History of the building, when it was built, what was there prior, who the tenants have been, see if there's any any sort of report like that. But we don't get that kind of time that they're given later in the movie. I guess because the hauntings and the type of hauntings, the, the poltergeist activities ramped up so much, they have to get out there and put it out as if it was a fire. Yeah, exactly. You know, which goes back to the whole fireman tie-in. Plus, I mean, the movie has other ground to cover. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> we already know that this is part of what these guys do. It races that could be... Experiences from a past life imposing themselves on present time. So, have you ever heard of anything like that before? Uh, no, I have not. It's called past life regression, and it's a form of spiritual hypnosis. It's similar to recovered memory therapy. Neither of those are listed at the DSMV4. Uh, most modern psychology institutes consider it to be a straw man for non-existent modality. So, what these are people would sit down and go under hypnosis and they would be given a series of questions. And depending on how they answer those questions, they could come out of it saying like, Oh, you know, I see myself standing in a field of wheat or something like that. And the the person putting them under hypnosis could say like, Oh, well in your past life, you were probably like a, a slave, maybe working on a plantation or something like that. Okay. Well, there's a big problem with this and Egon kind of mentions something about it where he talks about the collective unconscious. Do, do you know what that is? Uh, no. So there's an idea that we all have kind of like basic feelings or fears in our minds that manifest themselves through things like dreams. That's why 
Let's say you've got someone who has a reoccurring dream of their teeth falling out. Well, that can probably be traced back to a base fear that we all have because it's a common dream that a lot of people have. For me, I, I always have that feeling that uh, I'm still in school and I'm about to take a test. Oh God, I'd and, rather anything. And I haven't studied at all. And then also I'm naked. Like that. Ha- yeah. Like there's an episode of Futurama, I think, where Fry has to take ancient Egyptian algebra and he hasn't studied for it. And he's also naked. And that's one that uh, that happens to me a lot. And what that means is I feel a lot of times that I'm ill-prepared for what I'm doing. It's a pretty easy trace back. The teeth falling out thing, I think, has something to do with losing power. And if you look back to like, you know, like what do wolves do when they want to show each other who's more powerful? You know, they, they bare their teeth at each other. So it's kind of this like almost animalistic trait that people have. So it's fascinating stuff. When you put someone under, under someone under hypnosis and they start describing things to you, they could just be describing like a dream or some sort of uh, symbol that that this field of wheat represents to them. But to say that they're literally saying something that happened to them in a past life is kind of a dangerous thing to do. Now, we move on from that, and you mentioned on the last episode that a lot of people talk about sleep paralysis. They think it's actually like an alien abduction. The idea of the Whitley Stryber uh, communion-style alien with the almond-shaped eyes and the, you know, the, gr- yeah. the grays, the people call it grays, Everybody that's had this experience, they're, they're, so people would go into psychologists and they'd, or, you know, um, they'd be put under hypnosis and describe the beings that would take them, and all of these beings looked the same. So you could take a drawing that was made here in you know, uh, Louisiana and then somebody in Nome, Alaska, and together they both described the same being. So people started like uh, con- connecting these dots saying like, oh, they're creatures from other planets, these gray creatures that are coming down and abducting people, where this was just like a symbol that both people were scared of, kind of like an extraction or extrapolation of what a human figure might look like, right? Yeah, and I guess the easiest thing for people to do is try and attribute it to something, to make sense of it. Right, but the collective unconscious, I think, and you just said, is far more fascinating, the fact that we all have these common fears that connect us across borders, across oceans. Why why are all of us seeing the same thing or similar things? I have a recurring dream of... uh, Tidal waves. I had that same in. one. Yeah, tidal like, waves what also. Is mm-hmm. that, you know? so. I think James Cameron had that, and that's why he went and wrote The Abyss, was yeah. he used that. But yeah, the waves, uh, I, I have that one, and then, and then not being prepared for the, um, for, the, for the test. So in 1980, a book was written called Michelle Remembers. Have you ever heard of this? No. So we get into kind of the darker side of all this stuff, too. And we'll get back to ghost specialists in a second, but I love talking about this stuff. It's really yeah, fascinating. I mean, it's, it's, it's relevant, you know? So uh, hypnosis was used uh, for a young girl named Michelle, I believe is her name. I don't have the name of the doctor who performed this. And yeah, honestly, I don't want to give it out because we're about to say some things about it. But um, in this book, this little girl, Michelle, described these repressed memories that she had of satanic rituals being performed on her. Uh, and the actions that happened in them. And this book was presented to the public as being something that actually happened with no facts to back it up. These were just dreams or something a little girl said while she was under hypnosis. And this sparked what was called the Satanic Panic of the 1980s. Do you know about this? Uh, no. I so the Satanic Panic is basically um, all, all of the Dungeons and Dragons stories that you hear. The other day I saw something on Facebook where a friend of mine was talking about Satanic influences through Pokemon, because Pokemon Go is a big thing right now. And they were taking the Pokemon and talking about them as if one, each one was some sort of like uh, a drawing of a demon. Right, so it's each one represents because they were called pocket monsters. Each one was some different kind of demon. Okay. Well, okay. no, they're uh, based on Japanese culture, and you know, a Pikachu is actually a little Pika, which is a real mouse you can find like in the mountains. Right, a lot of these things are but Squirtle's just a turtle that squirts water or whatever. But some of these are based on like Japanese traditions, and the idea of trying to impose like a Western idea of what this stuff is is kind of racist, to be honest with you. It's like I don't understand what Japanese culture is, so I'm just going to say it's satanic and yeah. demon. Well, in the 1980s, this happened. 
mentioned were the back masking on albums, people saying that like there were suicide messages hidden in, you know, Black Sabbath and Judas Priest and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the satanic panic, that there was this huge occult system that was torturing kids at daycares and stuff like that. There was a, there was a daycare that was actually shut down because uh, they were accused of being a satanic cult. And there was like no proof of this happening whatsoever. Wow. And then you talk about the West Memphis Three, who are these three guys in Arkansas who just because they listened to Metallica... Uh, were accused of killing three children right. in Robin Hood Hills. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, you bring all that back to Michelle Remembers, which is this book that was written on hypnosis. And we t- bring that back to what Vankman was talking, excuse me, Egon was talking about a second ago. They're talking about this kind of stuff being an influence on Dana Barrett. Well, it's all kind of pseudoscience and it's, you know, it's silly stuff, but it has some actual real world repercussions to it. So yeah, well, it's interesting that they can tie it into this comedy. Right. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and have it, you know, be, be, you know, kind of bring it back to, for, for anybody who's seeing this movie that would have heard about that kind of stuff or have an interest in it, it's, hey, there's something in there for me. Right, know? yeah. And that just goes to further to show Dan Aykroyd's kind of like interest in all this stuff. The guy yes. the guy does his homework, you know. Absolutely. So, um, so they mentioned the Spates catalog for a second, and we know, we'll get into Tobin's Spirit Guide in a second. There's a lot written about Tobin's Spirit Guide, but Spates catalog, there's not a whole lot out to find uh, to, uh, not, uh, not a lot out there to find out about this, is so there? So is this a Ghostbusters original thing? or is it, No, no, this, this is this is in the, in the Ghostbusters universe. In the okay. same way that Tobin Spirit Guide, and we have Tobin Spirit Guide has been presented in the Ghostbusters video game. There's actually a physical copy of it here beside, yeah. but behind us. And we've got a little bit of information on where that comes from. But the Spates Catalog of Nameless Horrors is actually the full name of the book. And it was presented, I believe, in a comic book or a cartoon where Egon went to look up some information on a possession and the catalog wrote itself as he was reading on it. So, but other than that, he mentions it by name in here, but it don't really go any further into it. You looked up some stuff on Tobin, uh, the actual guy, Tobin, right? Uh, yeah, I did actually. So Tobin's spirit guide is something that's mentioned in Ghostbusters and comes back into play throughout the canon and the cartoon and some video games and in uh, a role-playing game and in the IDW comic, um, they get into it in there and actually describe John Horace Tobin. So, you know got to give a shout out to the idw comics for anybody who hasn't picked those up definitely check it out there's something just so well produced it, hell of a comic but yeah so tobin spirit guide was something that they could just go back to to help explain uh plot points of something that they were you know to help explain whatever it was that they were coming up against so it's an interesting interesting uh tool that they use in in the stories so Tobin, John Horace Tobin in the comics was a guy who was born in london in 1870 and essentially what he does he went through the uh, he was a chronicler of ancient languages and uh, their mythology, and he would go through France and England and, and all this and, and chronicle into his spirit guide different things that he found. So in a lot of ways, he was kind of like the original Ghostbuster. And what I like about the Tobin spirit guide is the artwork on the cover of it looks like the Ghostbusters no symbol. But it, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's like a ghost and his chains are broken. He's wearing chains, you know, like we usually... You hear about the, the sheeted ghost holding like rattling chains and stuff. Yeah. But his chains are kind of broken and go across his chest as if to make the O symbol. So, it's a very cool image. Yeah, it's a very cool image. But it kind of shows that like they're, this, they're the modern version of what Tobin was mm-hmm. to that period. So it's kind of cool that like Ghostbusters is bringing in like the ancient stuff. And I don't know, maybe one day we can get kind of a... Maybe maybe they'll make a Tobin's movie. I don't know. That'd yeah, be kind of cool. That would be cool. Yeah. That would be cool. So... so uh one thing that I love in the scene is the fact that Ray's drinking. Yeah. He's drinking a Budweiser, you know, while on the job, they've got a client right there, their first client that they're dealing with. And here he is just drinking and they're eating Cheez-Its and they don't really care about impressing people with appearance, no, do they? No. So, you know, but it's part of what makes it so funny. 
Uh, Speaking of funny, I love the scene where Venkman is walking behind her talking about... He's like, uh, he gives him this face, like, I'm making this up as I'm going along. Yeah, he's talking about his procedure. So, yeah. it's, I mean, he's a genius. You know, he's laying, he's laying everything out as he's going. And one, it's, it, you know, to further the business. And two, it's to further, you know, the, the chance of getting this girl in the sack. Yeah, to check her out. I mean, check out her apartment. Exactly. So, yeah, it's like, hey, you guys go. You poindexters go out and look and, you know, stick your noses in books and check through these records. I'm going to take the lady back to her apartment. Yeah. And then, you know, Egon and Ray start talking about the... Spades guide and Tobin Spirit guide, and he's just like, yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah. do that, good idea, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's not a guy who wastes time. All right, well, that's about all I've got for this minute. How about you? Yeah, same here. Yeah, so some pretty cool stuff here. We start to see the beginning of what their procedure would be is if it was made up on the fly, as it is in this yeah. one. So, well, we'll be back tomorrow with minute number twenty-four of Ghostbusters Minute. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady, and we're here to remind you that death is but a door, time a window. We'll be back. Ghostbusters Minute is a fan-supported podcast. To become a patron of Ghostbusters Minute and gain access to exclusive weekly bonus content, visit us at patreon.com slash gbminute. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at ghostbustersminute at gmail.com and visit us online at ghostbustersminute.com, facebook.com slash ghostbustersminute, twitter.com slash gbminute, and look us up on Instagram at ghostbustersminute. Our theme song is Ectoplasm by Audionautics, which is licensed under the Creative Commons Attributions License.